Hey, welcome back to Porn Brain Reboot with Dr. Trish Lee, your hostess with the mostess. And today on our podcast, episode four, we are going to talk about a sexless relationship, why it's probably happening, why it's not going to work in the long run, and most importantly, what you can do about it. So let's dig in first to why has sex dried up in your relationship? Well, if you are one of the people who have uh, on my YouTube channel put comments like, I wouldn't have to go to use porn. I wouldn't have to go to porn if my wife would ever have sex with me. I want to explain to you the dynamics that pornography consumption creates in a relationship overall. And second, and secondly, and most importantly, when we talk about this in your sexual relationship with your partner. So, of course, this applies to all partners of all different genders and all different combinations. But for the sake of ease, I'm going to think about our avatar of people who are married and aren't happy with their sexual relationship from their wife, assuming most pornography is consumed by men just to make it easier. But if you're listening and your relationship's different, it extrapolates to all relationships. So you can think about it that way. Okay. So I talk to so many people who are on their porn brain reboot journey and they talk about how, you know, sex is dried up in the relationship. Their wife doesn't want to be with them. And I joked with one person um, a couple weeks ago because it was their anniversary and this is totally classic. So, uh, if this is you, hopefully you won't mind me sharing the story anonymously. And, you know, I've had this conversation with many, many people, but it's their anniversary. And, you know, of course they want to be intimate with their wife on their anniversary, but they don't talk about it. There's no communication about, you know, if sex is on the table for the anniversary, um, but they are assuming it's anniversary night. We're going to, we're going to be together but the dynamics are thrown off. I'm going to tell you that in a second, what's happening. So then of course, you know, goes into the bedroom on anniversary evening and his wife's reading a book displays zero interest in being with him for his anniversary. And I joked with him that likely it's a spike book. She doesn't even care about that book. And it goes back to why now this is why it is likely happening is that when you consume pornography, especially if you've been watching it with frequency and consistency, especially if the intensity has increased, and if you've been watching it for a long time, it shows up in your behaviors, especially in your sexual behaviors in your relationship. So let's go a little deeper on what that looks like. You've been watching certain acts and you know how I try not to be triggery. So you can think about what you've been watching. When you watch any particular act, um, any particular scene, any particular type of person, your brain becomes neurologically coupled to that. You're coupled to the screen through a massive dopamine release and the release of oxytocin, which is literally the neurotransmitter that is supposed to couple you to your partner. But if you're going back to the screen more than you're having sex with your partner, especially gratifying sex, and we know if you're going back to the screen, you're getting this massive intensity of neurotransmitters, your brain is coupled to the screen which means it's no longer coupled to your partner. Your partner won't do it for you as much as the intensity of the dopamine release from the screen 
and the physical stimulation from masturbation. So masturbation and watching a particular type of pornography on the screen makes it so that that is what your brain wants. Hopefully you're still following me. So that is exactly what your brain wants. So then when you go to be with your partner, we'll just use your wife on your anniversary, your wife knows that that is what your brain wants. Your brain is trying to get it, but what your brain is trying to get isn't healthy sexuality. It's trying to get this massive intensity. Uh, I joked with one person that I talked with last week that, uh, that likely it's some aspect of a three ring cir- circus to make it so that you can get it aroused because your brain is looking for this intensity and you want your wife to perform those acts for you as a performance so that you can reach these high levels of intensity and arousal. That is not an experience that is being shared by two people. It is you performing what you see because that arouses you, your brain's been coupled to it, and you want your wife to perform what you have been coupled to on the screen, which isn't healthy and she likely doesn't want to do. So now if that's been going on for, you know, if you're married for 19 years, then 19 years later, your wife doesn't want to do that stuff anymore. Why did she want to do it when you first met? Well, we know there's the honeymoon phase. And we also know from the science on addictive sexuality that healthy people can In any relationship, let me back up for a sec, any relationship, lust and kind of, you know, over the top sexuality is the first part. That's the honeymoon phase. So when you're first together, you're both, both of your brains are in that mode. That is the first stage of relationship building in terms of sexuality. But then what happens is if you're a healthy person, you are able to move into the second stage of relationship building, which is you're able to weather the storm and the honeymoon phase kind of chills out, but you're still able to have balanced sexuality. So there's eroticism, there's intimacy, there's some level of intensity. You know, you can tap into your animal nature, you become vulnerable with your partner, but now it's kind of chilled out and it's at more even sustainable levels for the rest of your relationship. And I'm going to talk about this in in a minute too. I have another point I want to make about that. But then as you begin having children, because sex evolutionarily speaking is for childbearing. So now you have kids to take care of, your sexual relationship will change. And then of course, as you begin to age, it looks different. It no longer stays like the people that you're seeing on the screen. You're no longer like you were back when your relationship started. The point is your sexual relationship shouldn't be the same as the honeymoon phase when you first met your partner. It should be evolving. It should be changing and you two should be able to change together and go through the phases of a healthy relationship and the way that sexuality should develop across a lifetime together. But if you're going back to the screen and your brain is coupled to these highly intense scenarios with artificially young artificially perceived beautiful, artificially uh, thin people, 
And when even when we talk about the men in pornography, artificially big, artificially muscular, whatever you want to say, it's artificial. That isn't what happens in a relationship that develops over time. So back to anniversary night and sex, you have been coupling your brain to all that artificialness. And over the last 19 years, your brain hasn't developed because we know that pornography consumption stunts development of the frontal lobe. And we know that it fries out the reward center. So your brain needs more stimulation, AKA the three ring circus. And it also hasn't developed from going out of that lust phase into phase two and phase three, where you can have balanced sexuality across your relationship for the rest of time. You're stuck in perform for me mode and watch me perform for not you, for me mode during sexual experiences. So no wonder your partner doesn't want to take part in that because first of all, it's not that fun. It's not that arousing. And it doesn't have the balance component that she's looking for, which is an experience with you, which involves intimacy and holding each other and touching each other, not just whipping out everything that arouses you to the nth degree. So your goals for sex are different. Your goal is unhealthy. And hopefully if she's a healthy person, her goal is healthy. So now the problem is your goals for sex are different. So it's not her fault. It's not your fault per se, but it is your responsibility that your brain has been trained for unhealthy sexuality through pornography. So the way out is to train your brain for healthy sexuality, grow it up, stop watching pornography, grow up the frontal lobe, move on to the next phase of sexuality where you can have the experience. And actually it can be better. You can squeeze some lemonade out of these lemons by training your brain and trying new types of sexuality that is more intimate. And you've probably heard me talk about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. There's likely going to be an aspect of your brain wanting to go to fantasy, wanting to go to these intense arousal templates that you've conditioned it to as you're backing out the pattern. But a a step in the right direction is to spend more time trying to have an experience with your partner that is balanced and has connection, not just, you know, Nothing with a sex mirror, if you know what I mean, because that's a performance for you. So get back to your eyes are open. You're looking into your partner's eyes. You're seeing your partner as a whole person. You are giving and taking and especially sharing the experience. Talk about it. So going back to the anniversary uh, story is that on, on their anniversary, they never talked about if there was going to be a sexual experience later on. There was assumptions. And you know what they say about assumptions. They make an ass out of you and me. That one's from fifth grade. That's a, you know, assume, ass, you, me, assumptions. But they really do. Is that if you just make an assumption, then you're wrong because it's not based in truth or reality. It's just a perception. So that was in your mind all day long, but it was never on the table. A better way to go about it is in the morning, you say, good morning, honey, happy anniversary. I'm so glad that you've been in my life for the last 19 years. I would love to spend some intimate time with you this evening. How does that sound to you? 
It might not sound that great if you're still stuck in this addictive sexuality pattern. So make it sound great and make it be great. I'd love to spend some time with you. I'll give you a massage. I'll light some candles. We'll get some rose petals going. Doesn't that sound beautiful? Sounds great to me, right? All the all the partners out there, all the he- healthy sexuality people out there, then have an intimate experience. You can still have the intensity. Some of the things that you have in your arousal template, they can stay. So if you've watched my fetish video on YouTube, it's not just fetishes, but it's, you know, whatever gets you going and really brings that intensity on for you, that can stay in a healthy way as long as it's not harmful to anybody and as long as your partner agrees that that thing can stay in the mix because it is what arouses you. Find out what arouses your partner. When she tells you she doesn't know, let's make it a plan to find out and to include that for the rest of your life because that will be amazing for both of you. Talk about it. Open up the channels of communication and then have the experience. When you find yourself going towards that intensity, back yourself out. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, back yourself out, get present again, make eye contact, focus on your partner. That is the tidbit for today. That's the brain tip for today. Okay, so now, not that I'm going to tell you anything about my relationship with hubs, I am going to give you an example, though. And and I heard kind of this concept somewhere, I don't know, somewhere along the line, but thinking about our relationship as an example. So when we met, I was, I just turned 28 years old, 28, my best year ever. I tell people that I'm coaching, love that year. You're old enough to uh, actually brains stop developing at the age of 28 and they start degenerating. So it's literally like your prime time in development if you're a healthy individual and you know, you're old enough where you're not so young that stupid things happen, but you're also not that old that you have just massive amount of responsibility on your plate. At least I didn't. I was still single. I uh, was love and life. I was finishing my PhD. So I was working on work that was, I was really passionate about. I would go to the gym every day in the middle of the gym or the middle of the day. It was like two days. Every day was like two days to me. Um, you know, I was really fit. I was really jazzed up with life. Life was good. I used to own restaurants. Um, I probably haven't shared that anywhere here, but I, also worked at the restaurants during those times. I loved it. I'd I'd moonlight at the restaurants and just, it would be engagement. It was really fun. I was really rocking in a really good place. So then I meet the hubs. I'm 28. I'm super fit. I'm loving life. I'm I'm on purpose. I'm not the mother of five and a half children. I have a a stepson. So technically there's six of them. Uh, So of course we would go out, we would literally go out Every single night when we first met, we were hanging out with huge groups of friends every Sunday, every Sunday, we'd have dinner parties, we'd have people over when we first met and we got an apartment together after a while, you know, it was just, it was fun. It was a wild ride. 28 years old. Okay. So then seg way 10 years later, 10 years later, I'm 38 years old and I have four babies and I'm pregnant again. That's a different life, man. 28, you know, when we were 28, we would do totally wild, weird things. We still do actually, but but a little bit. Uh, We pulled in last night and we went out to dinner and actually we met my stepson and his girlfriend out for dinner. And uh, we always like to just go to the bar and hang out and eat at the bar. It's more fun. So we did that. And 
I have a new truck. I drive a, it's an SUV, but in the truck, it was gently pre-loved in the truck. There's this flash drive in this, in this secret compartment. I don't even know what you would call it, but it's too funny because this flash drive from the previous owner is filled with hours and hours of dance music. So on our way home, it, it'll automatically play. So on our way home, we just listened to it. And the last song was pump up the jam for any of you who are my age. You remember that song and we rolled all the windows down. It was an absolutely gorgeous night and opened the sunroof and we pull into the garage and we've got pump up the jam rocket and we're singing it super loud. My husband and I, and the kids come out and they're like, they're like my son Declan who's 17 comes out. And my daughter who's 10 Saoirse comes rolling out. She's, and, you know, we're cracking up and she's like, what is up with the music? So we still do weird stuff. Um, and that is the essence of what I'm about to get to. So 28 years old, we would do wild stuff like that. But of course our life was different and we were single. So, you know, I'm not going to mention our sexuality, but we have five kids. So there was a lot of it, a lot of good, healthy sexuality. But, um, you know, 10 years later, I'm 38 years old, got four babies and another baby on the way. That's a different sexual relationship and you have to be able to roll with it through the years. It's different, but we still were able to make it fun, albeit a lot less of it because it was so crazy. Now I'm 48 years old. My hubs is 53. It's a different life, but we're still making sure that we're together on the journey and it's not always easy. We talk about things a lot. We make sure we're moving forward in every aspect of our relationship. We make sure that we're close enough, but not too close. We both have things that make us happy and we respect that in our relationships. So when it's anniversary day, and actually I got COVID on our anniversary this year, so there wasn't any wild uh, anniversary sex because if you remember, if you were on my YouTube live, my power went out and I was coughing in and I didn't even know I had COVID. But anyways, so the point being is that we now get to be together in this season of our life. So I'm 48. When I'm 58, it's going to look different. When I'm 68, it's going to look different. When I'm 78, it's going to look different. But if we can stay in a healthy place, we can have a great relationship in all aspects, even a sexual relationship that's healthy and happy in all those decades of our life. So the thing that I heard was that if you stay in a monogamous relationship and if you can grow together and continue to respect each other's needs and to be able to give and take, that you actually get to be with seven or eight different people within your monogamous relationship. That is how you keep it alive. That is why a sexless marriage won't work because we're sex beings. We're sexual beings. We, that we're all born that way. It's part of our DNA. We need it. It's part of what keeps us alive, some more than others. But remember, we're talking about backing out a hypersexual pattern. We're going for perfectly sexual pattern. And you get to be with seven or eight versions of your partner if you are in a monogamous relationship. And as long as you can shift into that next season. So we would have a major problem right now if my husband wanted to be with 28-year-old me because she's different. Literally, there's nothing about her that is still here. 
thank God for me, that's what I think good. Uh, our cells regenerate every seven years. So basically even my skin and everything about me is different than it was when I was 28. But there's fundamentals of me that have been able to stay because I can be in a healthy relationship and I'm trying to make my relationship healthier every single day. So here's the takeaway. If you're in a sexless marriage or relationship, it's not going to work. But if you want to stay in that relationship, it's time to get communicating. First of all, you've got to back yourself out of the hypersexual uh, hypersexuality because if you have a compulsive hypersexual behavior disorder. That's what the ICD-11 calls it. Porn consumption is the number way, one way that it manifests. If you have to go to sexual acts or watching pornography or masturbating or even having sex with your partner to regulate your mood, you need to be able to get that under control and be able to handle your existence and your environment and the world without having to go to sex to feel better. So you have to take your brain from hypersexual mode to healthy sexual mode. When you do that, then you can go to your partner, whether she knows about your challenges or not with pornography, go to your partner and say, I really want to improve our sexual relationship. I, you know, I can't go the whole rest of my life without having sex. I don't think you want to do that, but I get, I get that our sexual relationship has changed. I'm here to tell you, this is, this is a die. I'm digressing here is that porn ruins sex. I'm going to repeat that porn ruins sex. It makes it bad for both people. You think it's good because when you are in a porn session, you're getting that intensity. But then when you're with your partner, pornography ruins real sex. It distorts it so badly that it no longer does it for you. It ruins it. So you have to unruin it. You have to try. It's not going to come back online by itself. Usually you are going to have to work at it. You're going to have to figure out how to build healthy sexuality with your partner and talk about it and get it going in the right direction. And here's the fundamentals of it. Keep your eyes open, connect with your partner, stay away from the things that bring massive intensity, but include the things that give you some intensity so that it's arousing and stay connected, give and take share, share the experience. It's not a performance. Nobody needs to watch anything. Stay present in it. And remember, if you, if you love your partner and you want to be with your partner over time, you get the opportunity to basically be with seven to 10 different people. If you can grow together and morph and change over time, but always appreciating the new version, right? Your mind's going to change. Your body's going to change certainly as you age and your spirit's going to change, but they can change together and respect each other and have some fun. Okay. I hope that helps you out. Uh, and remember, if you want help on this journey, I'm here for you. Go over to drtrishley.com. You can check out the programs, the Porn Brain Reboot Program. I have established a nonprofit organization. So as soon as all the paperwork's done, um, the any purchase of a program will be a donation back into the cause. I already used the money for that. But once the paperwork is done, then you will be able to write it off um, as a tax deduction. And always remember, control your brain or it'll control you.